Okay, amen. Thank you, God, for this beautiful Mother's Day. I am so thankful for Heavenly Father that has bestowed that wonderful sunshine out there. What a gift, mothers. Come on. And I am just so happy about it. I'm happy about everyone that's in the house of the Lord this morning. Thankful for to our, to our men, amen, because they have showed us love. And I'm thankful, you know, that it's not just an event. You know, it's something when there's just an event kind of showing love. But this just is a com- accumulation of how they show us love. And so I just thank God for the men of this house. And I went on the behalf of all the ladies. I want to say to Pastor Burleson and Pastor David and all the men, we just so appreciate you, God. Appreciate your love from the front door. Because there's some that greet us at that front door. And they're just such a blessing to all the way into our seats. Amen. We are thankful this morning. So right now, we're just going to go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you right now for just blessing us today, God. Blessing us with another week, oh God. Oh, Father, with your eye on us, your hand outstretched to us, oh God. You are the keeper of our souls, oh God. You are the joy of our life. And God, we just thank you. So thankful, God, that we know you. Father, someone might come today and they may not know you as Lord and Savior. But today, God, today, God, we ask, God, that their hearts would be open to receive you, to receive you in your fullness, your salvation, your forgiveness, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Um, I want to do something. And I know we have... uh, such a great occasion that we're going to get to have fellowship time pretty soon at the park. I'm really excited about that. And so this morning, you know, as I was thinking, and I, Pastor Dave, can you bring that, the flowers up? You guys kind of helped me with some things I needed for, um, to use this morning. So things were already here. On the way, I said, oh, I need to go to the store and get some flowers. That'll bring it out. And then I said, I need a gift box. That'll bring it out. But there, everything's here. Okay? So, yes, can you bring that to me? Okay? God is so good. He's an amazing God. Is he not? Amen. And so, as they're bringing those things up, amen, um, I want to first go down to my mom. And and I know if your mom's here, all all the young people in the house, one of the things I want to say, I am so grateful for my mom. And one of the ones, every year that I get older, I realize more and more what my mom has sacrificed for me. And I realize more and more some of the things that when I was younger, I did not understand. God's given me great understanding. <laughs> you know, there's some things we don't understand as young people and as teenagers and why mom won't let me do this and why mom's doing that. Let me tell you, keep living and just have one child, amen, let alone seven, okay? Just have one child, and you will understand every look mama ever gave you, every time her tone raised at you, you have a great understanding of all of that, you know? Every time her eyes look sad with disappointment, and you was like, I'm just doing this, what's the biggie? All of a sudden, you understand so much more. She wanted so much for me, amen? They want so much for you. And they've already been through some things that you think you know about, but they already know the outcome of it. And the funniest thing is that we as young adults, we always think we can get better. We can navigate the waters better than our moms and our dads. We are going to know just how to do it, you know. 
But we only know how to do it either by their mistakes or by their wisdom. It took them to show us something, all right? And so I am so thankful for my dear mama, my mama, Sita. She's so sweet. I'm just seeing her so more feisty later, lately. <laughs> but uh, I just love her. I love her for her strength, her stamina, her perseverance. Most of all, I just love her for giving me Jesus. You know, we can think of a lot of things, but I want to say this morning, Mom, I thank God that you're a saved mom. That you're a mom that loves Jesus Christ. That you're a mom that I, when I call and we're talking about God, there's so many gifts that, that have given, been given to me over the years, but that's the gift right there. That's the gift that has helped me when, when flowers couldn't, when jewelry couldn't, when a husband couldn't. The gift of Jesus outshines every gift of all. And I'm so glad moms do not give up no matter how it looks. Continue to walk your walk in God. They'll get it. They're getting it. The problem sometimes is we don't see that they're getting because that seed is still so down in them. And it still needs to continue to be watered. Do not let the enemy deceive you and give up on your children. Continue to walk and and decide within yourself, I'm going to walk harder and stronger in God every day. And I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And walk by faith and not by sight. No matter how ugly they're acting, no matter how they pout, turn up their nose, just know God's doing a great work in them. And I thank you, Mom. I thank you for staying in God. And I'm just so glad. If a mom next to you, just make sure you turn there and say, I love you. You might have a grandma next to you. Say, Grandma, I love you. Isn't that awesome to have generations in the house? Oh, come on, buddy. Come on. What are you going to do have to pick it up. Oh, we're getting a slow time. <laughs> I think he's a little begrudging this. He'd rather keep it in his pocket. <laughs> okay, but I this morning as 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 we God's been dealing with me and um I was thinking of all the wonderful gifts that um that we get and look forward to on our birthdays, different holidays. But God told me he wanted to give the women a gift this morning, and he's given it to us all. So it's not really gender-based, but because it's Mother Mother's Day, okay? But he's given us the gift of forgiveness. Come on, you guys. He's given us the gift of forgiveness. Sometimes that just doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like it's wrapped in a pretty bowl (laughs) or a pretty box. It doesn't glitter and shine like the diamond ring. That, But it's something that is lasting, something that's eternal. And it's something that will make a change in our lives. You know, I was thinking about my mom, and um, I have this up here because um, when we, when, when I was growing up, there's just things you, you, um, you get from your parents. Okay, so for my mom, when I was a little girl, I would look at my mom. I remember this so well, and I would just look, just look at my mom and look at her face. Her face was the smoothest, most beautiful face. I remember, like, oh my God, my mom's face is so beautiful. 
So then I would look and see what my mom did, okay, because there had to be a reason because there was people that didn't have faces like my mom, okay? So there had to be a reason. There had to be a reason that my mom's face was so smooth, not a bump, not a blemish. And so I decided I'm going to find out what that reason is. And all of a sudden, I looked on, um, on my mom's dresser, and every time my mom would go in the bathroom, Noxema was the thing. And my mom would scrub her, and I determined in my life that I was going to have a smooth face like my mom. And so I determined in my life that Noxema was going to be my life. And so the first thing when I got out the house and I went and bought my stuff, Noxema was on my dresser. Now, understand this. Uh, you know, there's many people that would tell me all kinds of things that would make my face smooth. And there's all these people that would tell me to try these different things. You know, you need to try this. And you need to try that. And it will just, you know, make your face smooth. And I would try those things, but, no, I had to go back to Noxema. Because Noxema was what was making my mom's face smooth, and I felt like that is Noxema. So I became a promoter of Noxema, and I think that I think because I'm such a promoter, some of my daughters are Nox, are, are y'all Noxema girls? They're Noxema girls, and so in, in, in that you know we looked and we we saw the result. When you see the result, you want the same result. You'll do the same thing. And so we, we really haven't had any problem with Noxema. I mean, really, I, I, I haven't had no zits. I haven't had Noxema. So, you know, as I was telling, I was talking about this to God last night. That's why I have it this morning. I was like, boy, you know, if I got something from Mom, I got Noxema. Because Noxema really smooths your face out. Even if I put on some cheap old makeup. Have you ever put on some cheap makeup? And it would bust me out in these little rashes, Noxema. Well, you know, we got from my dad, we got Dr. Techno, okay? So from my mom, we got Noxema. But there was something God said to me last night and, um, as I began to reflect on my mother's beauty. And even at 80-something years old, as I was sitting next to her yesterday, I was looking at my mom's face. If you can look at my mom's face, just beautiful, just beautiful. No blemishes, no nothing. Just and I remember sitting there yesterday looking at her, and I was like, my mom is still as beautiful to me as she was when I was that little girl sitting there. Well, God told me something last night. He said, yeah, Noxema probably works pretty good. He said, but what works better on your mom is the spirit of forgiveness. She said, because if you will look at people that are unforgiving, they're and bitter and resentful, hard, dark. There's a darkness that's on people that have unforgiveness. There's a hardness that almost ages them. That when they 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 should be appearing younger, they appear older because unforgiveness has just kind of you know uh, pulled all that goodness and light out of them. And ladies, this morning, my heart is, is that God has told me that, you know, we, we try everything to keep youthful, and, and we try all kind of cosmetics. We, we, you know, women are out there doing everything to try to keep that youthful look, to try to keep that. But see, there is something about, um, it doesn't matter if you're 17 or 80. If there's not an inner glow, 
okay? There's not an inner glow, the outward glow is just, it, it, it's, it's just shallow, okay? So if there's not an inner glow, it doesn't matter. Uh, I've been around some, when you first met them, some very just knocked, and you've seen them on TV, some very just be- knocked down, dead, gorgeous women. And you've seen them on TV where they, you know, they've got everything on and their hair is whipped right and their face is right and everything. But you begin to see them, their attitude. And they can be just so beautiful. I, I know the men can attest to this because they've married some of us beauties and then came in, in contact with our attitude. Okay? And on that day, we weren't as beautiful as we appeared on the first day. Because the inner comes that oozes out and the inner will mess up. I don't care how beautiful a woman is. If the inner attitude is stank, <laughs> it will come out and it will mess you up, okay? And, and, and God wanted me to, to talk to, to us ladies this morning. Is, is as we are walking this life and we want to, all around us, um, as, as you're aging, you know, you're aging, and, and you look around sometimes, and now I'm 58, and, and there's these beautiful 16-year-old girls and 15-year-old girls and 20 and you look around, and sometimes you can look in that mirror, and you go, oh, see some wrinkles there. You know, we start looking at our outward self, and we start devaluing ourselves because um, – Youth beauty is all around us, but I've even seen some youth beauty be ugly. I've seen some 15-year-olds and some 13-year-olds, and and when you first see them, they're gorgeous, but you hang around them for just, and it just, that nasty comes out, and you don't see it anymore. And so God wanted me to let you know the age-defying secret. Okay. You know, we spend money. We spend hundreds of dollars to find that age. To f- Have you been up at night watching the info commercials and you're thinking to yourself, maybe, maybe I should try that. Maybe that'll make my face more tight. Maybe that'll lift my chin up more. Maybe I'll do something fine to find that. We, I don't know. I do it. Do you guys do it? Maybe y'all got this thing down, okay? But I get it down through the Word of God because sometimes my flesh is having me search around, all right, to stop the aging process. But do you understand this? That aging is a beautiful thing when you do it in God's maturity. I said when you do it in God's maturity, it's a, age, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's, um, I've seen uh, when Pastor and I was on the boat, on the cruise, there was so many um, older people. We're talking about, like, um, in their 80s and these people in 90s. And then we watched this um, uh, show on TV, and they said the new age, the new living age is 90 and above. People are passing that now. And when they begin to show these people, these people were just to me, I looked down and said, "What? They're walking. They're exercising. They're, 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 you know, their their memory is 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 good. Uh, they're they're sharp and they're still 90 years old. Some of them are still working by their own choice because they really believe to keep active is what's keeping them going." And I began to look at that, and I began to. See, but most of every one of them that they interviewed, their inner glow came from God. 
their inner energy that manifested on the outside came from God. And it came from a heart. You know how God told us to guard our heart? Because out of it comes the issues of life. Most of them said that, that they had guarded their heart. Not to allow resentment, unforgiveness, hatred, and all that stuff to rest in their spirit to show up on their face. Do you see what I'm saying? But they had actually guarded their heart from those things through the word of God so that when you looked at them, they looked rejuvenated. They looked energized. They looked fresh. They didn't even look their age. 90 years old. This morning, ladies, we don't want to look like that. All right? We don't want to look 90 at 18. We don't want to look 90 at 13. Come on. We don't want to look old, and we don't want to look hard. So what are we going to do? God has given us, he has given us this morning the gift of forgiveness. You know, I was thinking in the Bible that Jesus, that was what he said on the cross. His last, one of his last statements, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was talking to forgive them all. Forgive the Roman soldiers. Forgive the disciples that ran away. Forgive the one that put vinegar in my mouth. Forgive the one that pierced me in my mouth. Forgive them all. Forgive Judas who betrayed me. Forgive them all. And he said, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness rests on this, this understanding that most things that happen in our life, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know who they're touching. They don't know what they're doing. Somebody thinks that when they're messing with me, they're just messing with James and Daisy's daughter. They really don't know that they're messing with the daughter of the Most High God. That they're messing with the creator of heaven and earth. They're messing with the one that gives life and takes life away. They're messing with the one that in one word you could be gone. So that's why you say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know who I am. Father, forgive them. Because it even says if they had known he was the king of glory, they would not have crucified him. And sometimes if people really knew who we were, come on. If people really knew who we were, they would not even touch us. See, in our minds, most of the times what we say, why we cannot forgive, is because we say they're doing it on purpose. I know they know what they're doing. You can't tell me they don't know what they're doing. You can't tell me they don't, they don't know they're hurting me. You can't tell. See, and we have that kind of thought pattern going on that when people do it, that they're doing it with a full knowing of what they're doing, and so we expect there's got to be something that comes back to them because they're doing it and knowing they're doing it. But Jesus showed us through that example when he said it on the cross, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness, forgiveness is undeserved, okay? It means that they don't deserve it. Unforgiving God. Uh, I mean, at the very, we don't have to go there. At the very uh, sin of Adam and Eve, we wouldn't be no more. If we, He was an unforgiving God, 
everything would have been cut off then. But in my very own life, if God, I just, I shudder to think if I was serving an unforgiving God. I would have been gone long ago. I would have been disqualified long ago. If, and, and, and sometimes if you really begin to think about that, that if God was unforgiving, okay, what that would mean to all of us, then it would kind of make us think about why are we so unforgiving? Just to fathom in our mind that if we did not get forgiveness from God, every just just I shudder to think of things that I've done, things that weighed on my mind, things that made me want to commit suicide, things that in the throes of suicide, it was the forgiving God that let me know that I could come from that. When I think of that, and when I think, see, forgive, we like to think of forgiveness um, that we receive. But God wants us to think of the gift of forgiveness that's given, that we give. It's not just getting forgiveness that, that's a gift. It's giving forgiveness that's a gift. See, forgiveness breaks the cycle of blame. And one of the things I, I really want us to get here as God began to deal with my spirit as I was just saying that, this morning, it just hit me how big that really is. Forgiveness breaks the cycle of blame. We walk through life and we say, this is why I'm like that, because he did that or she did this. Mama did that and Daddy did that. Uncle Joe did that. Oh, the employer. So this is why I act the way that I act. But the problem is, is the way that you act from Uncle Joe and Aunt Susie is not affecting them anymore. It's affecting you. And so what it really does is as long as we keep blaming, we keep justifying. And as long as I keep justifying, I never get to walk in the fullness of the abundant life that God has called me to. I'm constantly blaming and having myself in a place that I shouldn't be. I should be down the road, but I'm stuck right here in this place of unforgiveness with my finger pointed out. And if I would drop that finger and move forward and release that person, because the prisoner that you release in unforgiveness, in forgiveness, is yourself. See, sometimes we're so worried about forgiving somebody that they got off scot-free. If I forgive them, they didn't get anything. If I forgive them, they'll probably do it again. If I forgive them, I mean, I don't see no retribution. But really, the prisoner is you. And everywhere you go in life, you're carrying that unforgiveness. And it walks you when you want to be strong and when you want to show up in strength there's that one little area unforgiveness and sometimes we play the unforgiveness song like a violin and everybody knows who hurt us and everybody knows what pain and we think it's powerful but it's really not powerful it's holding you in a place and god wants you to learn to forgive release yourself you the one behind bars release yourself Sometimes we can, I can't. I just can't. I can't forgive them. I just can't let them go. I just can't. I won't let them go. I won't talk to them. I won't look at them. I won't be by them. I won't say nothing. You're the one in prison. And the problem that I've seen about unforgiveness is sometimes in my life I have been unforgiving toward my husband. Okay, let's, let's see how big this gets. So there's a, there's a situation as we were in our marriage. There was, you know, the situation, so I'm unforgiving to my husband. But it doesn't stop at my husband because what happens then, I'm unforgiving, and any time a man does something that even looks like my husband, you dog, they ain't nothing but dogs, all them dogs, everybody dogs. 
dog, every two-legged creature a dog. You see what I'm saying? Now my unforgiveness goes past uh, Pastor David and even somebody that's trying to treat me nice. I don't trust them. I don't trust you. You're a dog, too. You are a dog. If my husband can do that to me, you sure can do that to me. You, are, you understand what I'm saying? And so all of a sudden, when we can have good relationships or we can have people that God is sending in our life to do good things to us, because there's an area of unforgiveness, what happens, we attribute that to other people. And all of a sudden, people that are unforgiving, they're very, they become very lonely. And what we do is we isolate ourselves, but we act like it's okay. But what really, we, it's okay. It's okay. It's better not to be around people anyway. People are crazy. But we don't realize when we say people are crazy, we people too. Do you understand that? We're not realizing that we're part of that whole chain gang, you know? And so all of a sudden we become very, very isolated. You know, I've seen people, I've seen um, young ladies that they've had a problem with their mother. Their mother has hurt them. And so they'll come into the house of the Lord and don't let me do something or forget to call them or, or do something. Then I remind them of mama. And here I am trying to give you a life word and you can't hear from me because I remind you of mama and you have not forgiven mama so I get to be in the bucket with mama and so I'm trying my best to give you something that you don't want to hear from me and there's people that I can just even look like mama Oh, come on, come on. It, that's, that's just how, that's just how unforgive takes us to those levels. I can just look like mama and you don't like me. You know how you, you, some people, you just don't like them. There's nothing, what did they do? I don't know, but she just reminds me. She just reminds me. She reminds me of that girl back there in 1900. Come on. She just reminds me. And she didn't do nothing. She didn't do anything. She got up. There's people that get up to preach, teach, do things. They do nothing. But she reminded you of somebody that, do you see what unforgiveness does to us? She reminded me of somebody that hurt me. And, and, and she ain't going to be my friend. She, you don't even want to have nothing to do with her because that unforgiveness is lodged in our heart. And what what it does, it dries us up, you guys. And we try to walk around and we try to act like um, everything's okay. And we build our wall. We build this wall. And the wall says, what happens is we build our wall against certain types of people. But you know what? Everywhere you go, there's some of those type of people, okay? So the wall just gets higher and higher and higher. And what you really did is walled yourself in. You just made your life smaller. Instead of enlarging, having abundant light, you've walled yourself into your own prison of unforgiveness because you cannot release people. You know, this morning when I got in the car, you know, it was as if God was confirming the word because when I got in the car and turned on my radio, they were talking about forgiveness and they were saying that Martin Luther King was saying that um, there is, uh, okay, wait, let me get it right. There is good in the worst of us and there's evil in the best of us. We all got something, okay? We all got a day that we all got our ugly day, okay? We all got our day. I don't care how good you think you are. See, I could, I could do that, okay? But when I look in my mirror and look at my days, I know there's some ugly in Linda that sometimes Linda don't like Linda. Have you ever just said, what in the world's wrong with you today, girl? 
Have you ever just talked to yourself like that? What, what, what is wrong with you? And you don't even want to look in the mirror because you already, sometimes I, when we're acting ugly, I just wish God would go swoop and just put mirrors down really fast when, you know, when we got that nasty attitude and everything, then we would see what we blame others for. We got some of that ourselves. And the problem is, is God wants us to understand this, that we have to break this cycle of blame because it loosens the strongholds of guilt in our life. What God is doing is he, he wants us to understand this, and I love this when I read this. He's placing the forgiver, and this is what we don't want to be, but he places the forgiver on the same side as the party who did the wrong. We go, oh, why would I be on the same side as the one that's done the wrong to me? It says through placing us on the same side, it helps us to realize that we're not as different as the one that has wronged us. When we get on the same side, we understand, I could do that. And not just that I could do it, I have done it. The person that's gossiped against you, oh, come on. Oh, she, told, she talked about me. She talked about me. She talked about me. She talked about me. And God said, get on the same side, sir. You talked about people, too. Come on. Get on the side. Oh, she hates me. She rolls her eyes at me. And she does. God said, get on her side. You've been nasty and funky in your attitude, too. You've discounted people out. You, you've walked away. You saw, them at, you saw them at the grocery store and went down the other aisle. It's in us. It's in us. And we can shake a disgusting head at everybody else. We, I don't even want her in my life. God, she's such a liar. And she's such a gossiper. And she's so evil. And he's so this. And, he, and God has said, just stop for a minute. Just, just, just reflect on, on your not-so-good day. Reflect on your day when you didn't treat people in such a God way. Reflect on a time when you didn't want to talk to somebody for days, months, years. Reflect on those times. And God is saying that when, it, when we do that, he wants us to get on that side so we can realize that we are that same person. We're the same person that we have the same uh, capacity to do wrong as the person that we are blaming, right? Good. It's, that we got it that fast, okay? Good. Okay, so in in saying that, that forgive them for they know not what they do, it is a heartful, we have to come, why we can't forgive is because we really don't get this in our heart. It's so easy to hear a word. But it's harder to apply the word. Um, when I think about Joseph in the Bible and his brothers and all that they did to, bro- to poor Joseph just because he swung around in a coat and told them of a dream that he was going to be over them, and they got jealous, and to the jealousy took them to the point of putting him in a ditch. They wanted to kill him, okay? But these words not, remember this, because sometimes we just get forgetful. We, oh, my God, my brother, my sister, how could they do that to me in the house of God? Well, in the natural, come on, just think about your own family. See, y'all ain't trying to, don't be trying to fake up in here. Y'all know families, natural families, natural families, blood families, come on, from the same womb families, how we can sometimes hate on one another, fight on one another, okay? But then we come in the house of the Lord and we go, oh, my God, how, why would they do that to me? And you at home fighting with your own sister, come on. Scott is saying, look, but look at that. With what Joseph had to go through, I can just imagine 
He, I mean, he was taken from his father who loved him very much, taken at, a, taken at a young time in his life. He was taken away by his brothers. These were not some other outside people, strangers. These were his brothers who wanted to kill him. But I just imagine as God took him on his journey to, 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 to be who he was supposed to be. As God took him on that journey, and all of a sudden he's confronted with these same brothers. Come on. These same brothers that had left him to die. He's confronted, and now the power is in within his hands because these brothers are going, his family is going through a famine. These brothers are in need of food. I mean, some of us would have loved that day. We would have been saying, uh-huh, I knew you was going to need me one day. And so we would be standing there with the power wielded in our hands whether we're going to give it to them or not. And, 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 and in that, there, it, it could be very powerful, okay, because you hurt me, now you need me. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody's hurt you, talked about you really bad, and now they need you? Well, in it, we find that Joseph, it says in the chapter that he wailed. And I, I believe that when he saw his brothers, I, I believe he had to come to grips with what he was going to do next. He had to come. See, I'm not saying that forgiveness is easy. I'm not here this morning to say forgiveness is easy and it's automatic, la, la, la. Because most of us that have automatically forgiven and la, 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 we really haven't forgiven. Because what happens is something comes up again and we go right back to that. See, you know when you forgive and when you don't go back to that point. Okay? But most of us, we say we've forgiven, but if something comes up that looks like that, we go all the way back. Women, haven't we all go all the way back? You remember when last time I told you this? Last time I told you this was how I hurt you. And two years ago, we see, you see what we do? We really haven't forgiven it. You know when it's forgiven when this incident can be the only incident. It's not ten backward incidents. It's this incident because I truly have forgiven you. That is, is gone. I'm not bringing that up again, but I'm right here. Come Oh, come on. We got to get this, y'all. See, this is what God wanted us to know because you can be walking around with your mouth saying you forgave somebody, but your heart be far from it. And that's, why, that's what dries us up. And that's what makes us look hard and ugly and drained. It's not what our mouth says. It's what our heart has in it. And so God really wants us to understand this morning that we, it's a gift to forgive. Because when we forgive, we release ourselves. We get so worried about releasing someone else, but we're releasing ourselves. And what I'm saying is, you know what? God is the true judge, not me. God is the one that vindicates, not me. And what I say is, God, have your way in that situation. But God, what I want you to do is give me a clean heart, God. Renew a right spirit in me. See, that's what David said. Sometimes we're saying, give them a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in them. But God... That is not going to help you. God wants you to say, give me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Help me not to lose my joy. Don't you get tired of, you can be walking around happy all day, happy all day, and he or she walks in. Don't you get that ook feeling that till, till they're out of your presence, you know what I'm saying? That You guys know what I'm talking about. That ook, that awkward, that uh, uh. 
oh, I wish they weren't here today. Oh, my God. Why did they have to come to the party? They just messed up the whole party. Come on. Don't you get tired of that? And, and then the funniest thing is usually when you're feeling up, this is how it works, because usually when you're feeling ook, and why did they mess up the whole party? They're partying big time. <laughs> They're just flit, fl- fluttering through, and they're all happy, and you just stand up, I can't stand her. It's you're the one. You're the one that's being in prison. Your joy, your virtues, your, your goodness, your, all that stuff is being stopped because of unforgiveness in your life. I was thinking, you know, um, there's 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 a movie that's been out, and um, all our all our our young kids like that. I'm, I liked it too. So usually I'm not an animated happy movie. There's only been one Beauty and the Beast, but usually cartoon stuff. Ugh, I want to see real people. But uh, in in this one, I really liked it. Okay, and so there's a movie that's out, and in this movie, it it what happens is forgiveness. It keeps you in your past. It keeps you in your unforgiveness. I'm sorry. Thank you, guys. Unforgiveness will keep you in your past. It's always a place back there, always a place back there hurting your heart, always a place back there that's bringing fear into your life or anger in your life. Back there. You see, it keeps you back there. And so I thought about this little movie, and, and I know many of you have seen it, called Frozen. And... um. I was, I, I was telling Teresa that, you know, when Teresa came out, I wanted Teresa to sing a song, you know, to, 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 to um, you know, go with the sermon. And I was trying to think in my mind. And I kept saying, God, usually you give me a song on spot. Usually it's, it's no problem for me to find a song. But I couldn't find a song. But the whole week, I, God kept saying, frozen, frozen. And I was thinking, well, maybe because Myra watches Frozen, they'll watch it back to back to back. That's in my spirit. But God said, no, Frozen. So I started thinking about Frozen, and I, and I started thinking about how some of us were Frozen. We can't go forth. We can't do what God has called us to do. We can't minister like God has called us to minister because people have hurt us, and we are Frozen. And God has called us to See, remember, there is no other calling but to people. We're really not called to trees. We're not called to animals. We're called to people. And so the thing is, is that we've got to get unfrozen so that we can do what God has called us to do concerning people. And you know what? Sometimes we love to, um, like if you're a good person, I, you love to give them gifts, and you love and hugs. And you love to give them that. But if somebody is a, a rank, stank, evil, attitude person, our first desire is not to be around them. We don't want to be around them. We don't want them in our life. We don't want to give them anything. But you are called to give them that Holy Ghost. It's what changes people. Anybody can love a good person. Anybody can do that. But it's a God love that can love an ungodly person. And that's what's supposed to be in our spirit. And so you know what? In Frozen, what did Frozen tell us to do, Teresa?
She said, come on, kids. How many of your kids know it? Come on. Come on, kids. Go, Myra. (laughs) Let it go. You know what? And never did that song hit me more powerfully than as God's leading me through this teaching on unforgiveness. I want to show you guys something and why I had the kids to sing with her. I want to tell you guys the story I found. It says, it's about this, this husband and wife in Yugoslavia. And it says, does forgiveness matter in a place like Yugoslavia where so much evil has been wrought? And it, it, this book talks about all the different wars that was led by, you know, some unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness just begets unforgiveness. Um, you know, payback just, when does it ever stop? Okay. And so it says, um, in this, it says, I had a friend whose marriage had gone through a tumultuous time. One night, George passed a breaking point. He pounded the table and the floor. He told his wife, I hate you. He screamed at her. I won't take it anymore. I've had enough. I won't go on. I won't let it happen. I'm out. No, no, no more. Several Several days later, My friend woke up in the middle of the night and heard a strange sound coming from the room where his two-year-old son slept. He padded down the hall and stood there for a moment outside his son's door, and shivers ran down his flesh. He could not draw a breath. In a soft voice, the two-year-old was repeating word for word with precise inflection the argument between his mom and dad. I. George realized that in some awful way he had just bequeathed his pain and anger and unforgiveness to the next generation. Is that not what we do? Apart from forgiveness, the monstrous past may awake at any time from hibernation to devour your present. When I read that, when I, I was so glad when the part when the kids let it go, let it go. And I was hoping as parents that we got beyond how cute it was that they were seeing it to what God was trying to tell us. Let it go so it doesn't be bequeathed to them. Let it go so that they don't have to walk in unforgiveness. Let it go. You know, I, I, I thought about... Um, have you ever started out, you started out as a parent, and maybe your kids came to you and, and, and let's say Daniel, because Daniel would be the one to do it. Daniel, hit me. He, he won't stop hitting me. And, and the kid, they're just mad and they're just angry. And when they were really, really, we got on Daniel, but we would bring them together and, you know, hug Daniel. 
you, parents, do you remember that? I, mean, I don't know if y'all still do that now, but we used to make them come back together. They couldn't walk away and be angry at one another. We were like, now you guys come back together. But then all of a sudden, as it keeps growing and gets older, we turn it from, you better punch him back. Boy, keep hitting on you, girl. You better punch him back. Okay? So all of a sudden, we're not real, realizing that what we're doing is saying that when someone wrongs us, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But you know what? An eye for an eye and a tooth for, will leave us eyeless and toothless. <laughs> and we're not realizing that we're teaching them that. Okay? We're teaching them it's, it's so hard sometimes, even when, when the kids first came home from school. I remember D, when DJ came home from school at first, DJ would never hit anyone. Kids would beat him up all the time. But Mama got a little sick of those kids beating up her son. And at first, you know, I was, I was just angry at Pastor David because I was like, you need to show him how to fight. And you need to let him know that he needs to be beating these kids up. Okay? So it, it was like, here's this. And, and DJ's spirit is a gentle spirit, even now. DJ has that. That's what God is called. He has a gentle spirit. Daniel will beat them up. But DJ was the one. He would let them beat him up. But the thing is, is teaching, all of a sudden, we teach them, you go out there, boy, you better not come back in here crying. Don't you come in this door crying, because if you cry, you're going to have to face me too. You see what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, we're, we're, we done weirded it all out. And, 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 and here God has given somebody an awesome, gentle spirit that we ourselves have no understanding of. Because our understanding is you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Okay? So what is wrong with you? Okay? But the thing is, is that God has said, it said that Jesus, when he stood, he was the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he, he said, never said a mumbling word. And if Jesus had a butt mumbled, he could have mumbled something that would have ended it all, right? But he never, but we look at that as weakness. We look, but it's not. It takes more control not to knock somebody's head off and let your anger take you to another level. That's why there's so many people in prison now because their anger took them to another level it takes more control to keep yourself under the spirit of the holy ghost and not act out of wrath and act rashly than it does for some of that us that comes quick as a quick somebody can look at us wrong we ready to punch them out that comes with a quickness that's easy but it takes more more to be able to to be able to think it through and say, you know what? Uh-uh, not now. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to let my body and my mind take me out of control. I'm going to forgive. And and, and I, I'm praying that this morning God is talking to all of us moms. Moms, don't pass on unforgiveness to your children. You know how you've struggled with it. It hasn't made you feel good. Has it made you feel good to walk in unforgiveness? Why would you pass that struggle onto your kids? There's just sometimes we're not even thinking. We're mad at the man in our life or the one that has left us, and we're telling our little children, he ain't no good, your daddy ain't no good, ain't never did nothing no good, but you love the very baby that he helped you bring into the world. He's done one thing good. 
okay? But we, 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 we have a tendency to pass this on to our children. That little child that's already lost their father, lost them as far as out of the house, now you're trying to make them lose them out of their heart. You're taking everything away from them through your unforgiveness. And God is saying, come on. No, you know, I, I just, I, I, I love, if, if there's one thing that I can truly say, it, it, I, I, I don't like divorce, but I can say this, and I commend um, my daughter-in-law and Daniel, is their, what they've done with their children. They've allowed their children to love each other, each parent, and they've allowed the parents to hear good things. Do you see what I'm saying? I love that because then you see healthy children. But when you don't do it that way, you can do it about, I'm telling you, not just about daddy. You can be a, talk about grandma. They want to have a healthy relationship with grandma. And you tell them everything grandma did to you when you was a little girl and how she didn't take care of you, how she didn't love you. How she, and now, now, now they love grandma. Now all of a sudden they're like looking at grandma kind of crazy. Because you've placed your unforgiveness on not letting them make their own relationship. That's how we do sometimes in church. I don't like, I don't like, I, I can't say a name right now. Can I say your name, Tiffany? I don't like Tiffany. And Tiffany, she hurt me. And so now I'm going to let somebody know, don't you be around Tiffany. Don't you be around her. Because all she does is hurt people and she lies and she why well, I don't like Tiffany. And every time I'm around Tiffany, I'm feeling bad because, you know what, I'm listening. And, 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 do, and I'm not going to give her no word. But when I get away from her, I'm like, I just can't stand to be around her because all she does is God. I ain't told Tiffany nothing, but I'm telling you something. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not helping Tiffany, and I'm sure not helping me. The thing is, is that we've got to allow people. Come on. We've got to allow people to have a relationship in spite of our unforgiveness. we got to let go of our... See, when I'm forgiving, have you ever wondered why there's some relationships that you don't understand? Like um, uh, some parents could have a dope-head son uh, and a son that's stolen everything from them, but they love... That's their baby. And don't you talk about my baby. Do you understand? You come up to try to talk about their baby. Their, don't you, you don't talk about, I know what God's going to do. for. Don't you talk about my child. Because what? There is an unconditional love concerning that son. You guys, God is saying that we've got to get some unconditional love concerning our brothers and our sisters in Christ. That makes us say, don't you talk about my sister. Don't, what, what? What? What did you say? Don't you say that because our love is not based on condition. It's based on God's love. Do you guys understand? It's not based on, because if it's based on condition, then I'm going to be disqualified. No matter how good I think I am, there's something in me that's going to aggravate somebody. I have never met 100% of people that like me. I don't know why. But I've never met 100% of people that don't like me. And in that, what happens is, is that we really realize that we have to have this heart that's ready, that's ready to forgive. Now, one of the things, and, I, and, and we're about to end, is one place Jesus really taught us forgiveness. And I don't know if we even really looked at it like that. But it's in Ephesians 4 and 32. Wait, no, I'm sorry, that's the second one. It's in John 13, 5 through 7. And it talks about, it's just before Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross and he takes his disciples to the upper room. 
and when he gets him to the upper room, he, he ties the cloth around him and puts the cloth over his hand. And it says, after he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded, then cometh he to Simon Peter. I want y'all to note this, the person that he came to, okay? Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. So as in this story, and sometimes just those words, we kind of skipped over what he was really trying to say. We get to the point that Peter was saying, you're going to wash my feet? How? What? You're going to wash my feet? And we get to the part where he says, you know, uh, if if I don't wash your feet, you can't be with me. He says, so then he tells him, wash my whole self. We we, we would like that whole part right there. But uh, he he gave him an indicator of something that was coming. And he's saying, I know you might not totally understand what's going on right now at this moment. He says, what I do now, he says, you don't know about it. He said, but you will know hereafter. This is a great gift that Jesus was giving to his disciples. He was knowing ahead of time. Jesus was knowing totally ahead of time what they were about to do. He knew that that one would betray him. He knew that the others would run from him. He knew after they ran from him, that, they, that next day after running from him, they were going to be ridden with guilt and shame from running from the Lord and Savior. He knew that they were going to look at those same feet that had walked with him. Now those feet ran from him, and they were going to look at those feet in disgust for running from him. So that's why he washed their feet. He wanted this action to bring into remembrance at a time when the enemy was going to come against their head with guilt, shame, and doubt. He wanted them to know how much he had forgiven them already and how much he loved them. I said he had forgiven them already and he loved them. Now remember this, what I see about Jesus when he was on the cross. Jesus, we forgive people when they say they're sorry. And when they say they're sorry, like we can believe that they're really sorry. How many times do we say, I ain't taking that. They ain't sorry. The way they said that, they ain't even sorry. The way they look, they ain't even sorry. They're not sorry. But remember, before we could even ask, while Jesus was on the cross, before anyone could say, I'm sorry, Jesus had already forgiven them. Now, remember, we're not trying to be like the world or other. We are trying to be like Jesus. We are trying to follow the example of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, before they could ever say they were sorry, ask forgiveness, he had already forgiven them. I don't know if you guys had gotten Pastor's um, message this week about forgiveness, but that on your seven number, whatever that number is on our phones, but that message blessed my heart. At the end of it, he said, take the price tag off your forgiveness. Everybody should be going, wow. Because that's what we do. I'm going to forgive you if you do this. 
I'm going to forgive you if you change. I'm going to be watching you for the next three, three, three months and seeing how you change. And then if you change, I'll forgive you. I'm going to forgive you if you cry and you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, baby. You, I, I'm going to forgive you if the forgiveness is how you do it suits me. Gotta, you know, we want to be appeased. In it. Even though we might say, I'm not going to get you back, I just still want something from you. I need to tangibly see from you that you're hurting. I need to tangibly know that you know that you know that you've hurt me. And I need to know that you will never do this again. And so we hold back our forgiveness, but we don't see that in Christ. We never see that. If that was so, if that was so, counted Jesus. Jesus already knows we're going to sin next week. Come on. He already knows the weaknesses. And it, that's why when, when um, uh, Peter said, uh, Lord, I, I'm not going to deny you. I'll never deny you. Jesus was just, Peter, because you don't know you, Peter, like I know you, Peter. Tonight before the very cock crows, you going to deny me. And even knowing that, Peter was already forgiven. Even knowing what Peter, even knowing ahead of time. If we knew ahead of time what some people was going to do to us, we try to get away from them. We try to get, get out of town. We, 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 you know what? We'd put a, it wouldn't be forgiven that we'd be thinking about. But Jesus already knew. And in that knowing, he had already forgiven them. And that he knew that day what they was going to do. The mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus, it preceded. It, it came before. It came before. Okay? Some of us are still waiting for some. We're waiting for Daddy to call, call back and say, I know I did you wrong. We're still waiting for that. And we're saying, Daddy's never told me he did me wrong. And I'm, I'm hurting. I'm hurting because he just won't tell me I did. He did me wrong. But God is saying, just call him and tell him you forgive him. Set yourself free, girl. Set yourself free. Because daddy might go to his grave and never tell you he did. Mama might go to her grave and never tell you. Husband might go to his grave and never tell you. Sister might go to, go to another state and never call back and tell you. It's time to set yourself free. That is the gift of God, is that he wants us to set ourselves free. There was this man in, um, in Hitler's day, and they had killed so many of his family. They had killed his you know, his mom, his dad, everybody. They had killed so much of his family, and he was coming to America. And um, they asked him, how did he feel about Hitler? And he says, I forgive Hitler, because I'm sure not taking Hitler to America with me. Come on. Let's stop dragging people around in our life. We're, we're dragging these people. We're dragging them with us. So everywhere we go, there's this way, you know, the trash man play. Well, we're doing that. We're dragging this unforgiveness around. And when we could be free and expressive and doing the things of God, we're hindered because not some, sometimes once you start uh, uh, for unforgiveness, it's a chain of unforgiveness. Rarely is it just one person. Rarely is it just one person that you're carrying on your back because it starts a chain of unforgiveness. And now that you didn't forgive daddy, you, for, you don't forgive husband. And now that you don't forgive husband, you don't forgive the next man. You know how sometimes men, women have gotten married over and over and over, and really the only thing they needed to do the first time was to forgive. 
But because they didn't forgive, it makes, when you don't forgive, it makes you intolerant. That's what it does. It makes you intolerant. So the next situation you go to, you are less tolerant than you was in the first. And so you get in the next, and if it even looks like that, you, you're like, oh, no, baby, I went through that. I ain't going through it now. So now it's, I quit. Okay? Then you get into another relationship, and now you're less tolerant then. You, you're going to quit in the next week. You know how some people get married for two weeks and they're divorced unforgiveness makes you intolerant of of other people's things but the problem is is what it also does it never lets you look at yourself unforgiveness never lets you look at yourself you're pointing you're pointing you're pointing but you're still not getting rid of a sin in your life says he that does not love does not know god that's what God, he said, you don't know me. If you can't love your, those that you see, then don't be, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. That No, God is saying, you got to get it together with the ones you see, okay? You got to love the ones that you see. And God is calling for us to release. This morning, you guys, he's calling for us to release. And I, I, when he got down to the basin and washed their feet, he washed the lowest part, the grimiest part, because feet are dirty. Have you ever heard, seen some dirty black feet? That No, I'm serious. You know that, that, that walked on carpet? Uh, when we was in, uh, where was we at, babe? We was in, we had went on a cruise with Johnny and him. Johnny, I can't forget. We was in Florida. Okay, we was in Florida at this hotel. And uh, we and should have known by my feet that the hotel wasn't a good hotel because the, the, you would walk across the, the carpet and your feet would get black and nasty, okay? So you already know right there, not, you shouldn't stay there, right? But uh, we stay there. Okay, but uh, the, as you look at your feet, have you just, I mean, y'all try to act like y'all got some clean feet. Y'all might have just got a paddock here, but y'all know. Okay, so, so the, the feet, if, when you've seen them really nasty and, and cruddy, you've looked at your own feet and said, God, I need to do some of these feet. So he washed the grime. He got down. The, here we're talking about the Savior of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that they should be serving, serve them. Oh, guys, come on. Let's get it today. Let's get it today that we are always looking to be served Treat me right. Do me right. Give to me. But here was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The one that they that the word says that 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 every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow was bowing. Washing the grime off of his disciples' feet. Can I tell you, church, we are gonna be in some grimy situations. Some grimy, uncomfortable, nasty, everybody don't like to wash feet. Some grimy, but Jesus down there washing their feet and washing the dirt off their feet. Will you wash the dirt off your sister or brother? Will you stoop? Will you stoop and wash over them with forgiveness like Jesus Christ? Will you do that? Will I do that? Or will we, will we deny when we don't do it for our brothers and sisters, then we deny what he's done for us. 
How can I be, God has saved me. God has forgiven me. Oh, I know some ugly places that I've been, places I'm, I'm too embarrassed to even talk about, but God has forgiven me. But I won't do it for my brother. I won't, I'll accept God's forgiveness. It's just like, you know, the, the servant that, that uh, uh, the, the king uh, took away all the money that he owed, and then the same servant goes out and finds somebody who owes him less and wants to strangle him and wants to make him pay every farthing. We don't want to be that person. God has forgiven us. And so we need to give the gift of forgiveness. And we, and we have a song because in it we say to ourselves, even when I preach forgiveness, you guys, I don't, it's not to condemn anybody. It's a gift that we must attain. To have an abundant life, we must get this gift. And somebody says, how can I forgive that person that's betrayed me? Oh, there's some, there's some stuff going on. When you turn on the news, sometimes you just shake your head. Crazy stuff going on in this world. They talk about Jeffrey Dahmer and how he killed so many people, mad, mass, you know, murderer. But at the end, how he, no one wants to believe it. But at the end, they said how he came to Christ. But there's so many people, they said there's no way he could have came to Christ. See how we are? There's no way he came, could have came. They won't even accept the fact that he gave his life to you. And there's no way he can be forgiven. But yes, he can. Oh, God, how many times have we murdered somebody with our tongue? How many people are on our murdering list that we murdered with our tongue? Because God, he brought about a new thought. He, he brought about, you think, you, you think you're lusty, our, 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 our man committing adultery? He said, but if you just look on a woman. See, he brought on this whole responsibility to look within yourself and not discount others when you need to be looking at yourself. What we need to do today, and, and I'm praying this song bless you, and I'm praying. There's so much about forgiveness I could just teach, teach, teach that God has put in my heart. But this morning is not all of it, okay? But this morning I want you to receive something in your spirit. How do I do that? I know some, some people in here, you've been hurt so bad, you're frozen. But Jesus Christ is... When we was in on the boat, they showed us glaciers. And these glaciers were so big and impacted with ice. And I kept wondering how these glaciers could be still there because the sun was shining on these glaciers. And I was wondering, how is that going to happen? Why are they still here? But the, the naturalist was telling us that the temperature only gets, you know, to the certain point. It won't allow, the temperature won't allow for these glaciers to be melted. I want to know what your temperature is that won't allow you to be melted with forgiveness today. And I'm telling you, the only thing that can work is that you got to look to God. Get your eye off the one that's hurt you and put your eye on the one who saved you. I say get your eye off the one that's hurt you and get your eye on the one that's saved you. The one that's forgiven you will help you to forgive others. And right now we're going to have a song, and I want this song to bless you. But it's going to be our song and our altar call. If there's unforgiveness in your heart at any time in this song, I want you to come up here, and, and we're going to pray for you. If you have a struggle, come on, today we're not going to deny it, okay? Because all of us had a struggle with unforgiveness. But today I want to show you how to do it. 
you got to stop looking at the one that hurts you. And you got to look at the one who saved you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Stop looking at the one who hurts you and look at the one who saved you. to lose my breath There's no more fighting left Sinking to rise no more Searching for that open door And every road I've taken Led to my regret I don't know if I'm gonna make it
We are here because God led us here to hear. And moms, there's some moms. I just really know this, that God wants you to say no more. No more pass down. No more negative, unforgiving pass down to our children. God wants us to release ourselves so that we can have a forgiving heart that will be able to pass down forgiveness to our children. So I pray this morning as you are sitting there and as you are thinking, I want you to really receive what God is saying today. He, he is saying that if you look to me, it doesn't matter what grandma did. It doesn't matter what great-grandma did. It doesn't matter. Remember, there's just things in our lives that have held us for just so long. But today we got to say, I forgive them. You know what I learned? And I've learned in my life and I've learned over, over mother's life. And all of us did the mothering that we could do with the tools that we were given. Did you hear what I said? All of us has done the mothering that we do with the tools that we have been given. And some of us, you know what? Sometimes you weren't given the best tools. And some of you are standing here right now, and you're just like, I wish I'd had better tools. I wish I hadn't have done this. Or I wish, you guys, God doesn't want us to live in the valley of regret. Oh, no, oh, no. God says, forgive yourself right now in the name of Jesus. And believe that what you could not do and still cannot do, that they have a heavenly father. Come on. And that heavenly father loves them even more than you ever could. And that heavenly father that, you know what I like is that he can fill the gaps and he can fill the voice and he can overshadow all the mess ups. Oh, yes, he can. And so today, I look to you, God. I look to God. I'm so glad I can look to God. I, I got tired of looking at me. I got tired of looking what I could have done, should have done, why I did not do it. I'm so glad I just look to you. And God, I place my children all in your hands. Come on. Because you're a better mother, father than I could ever be. Amen. And I know in the name of Jesus that he's going to bring them out just all right. Amen. Yes, he is. But the thing that I want to stop is that we pass that unforgiving spirit to our children. We've struggled with it long enough. Lord, I pray over these ones that have come up, God, those, those that have made the step in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now that we can be we can forgive, God, because you are the forgiver, God. God, you have a forgiving heart, and we belong to you. We have your Holy Ghost, spiritual DNA in us, oh God, and we can forgive too, oh God. So God, in the name of Jesus, God, oh Lord, help us to work and walk toward forgiveness every single day. First of all, God, give us compassion for others, oh God. 
oh God, how, how we can look over ourselves sometimes and be so hard on others. But God, we ask right now that you would give us a heart of compassion, God. That when we look on others, we come on their side. And we say, Lord, if not for your grace, there go I, God. And I stand with my mother, my brother, my sister. And I stand and fight on their behalf in the name of Jesus. I fight for strength in the area that they are weak. I fight for deliverance in the area that has them in a stronghold. I'm on their side. Lord, I pray for my enemy, oh God. Praying that one day they'll be my friend, oh God. I lift them up in the name of Jesus. I cover them in diligent prayer, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, give us love, your love, your love. Oh, God, and give us your forgiveness. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, by the authority, God, of the Holy Ghost and your power, God, I pray, release right now. Release right now. Release over the heart. Release in that area that has been bound. Release right now that thing that they're holding. Release right now, God. Loose them right now. Loose them right now. Loose them and set them free in their heart, oh, God, that they would no longer be bound, that they would no longer be bound, that they would no longer be bound that they would no longer be bound that they would no longer be bound in the name of jesus lord you're releasing power that they would no longer be bound free them free them right now free them right now free them right now free them right now right now free right now free right now in the name of jesus free right now in the name of jesus free right now free right now free right now in the name of jesus release her heart god release her heart god in the name of jesus release right now everything holding her god release right now in the name of jesus father let her embrace god the power that you have given her to forgive let her let him go let her let him go right now in the name of jesus lord in jesus name god releasing right now the power of forgiveness freedom in the house freedom in the house freedom in the heart freedom in the heart release her right now release her right now release her right now release him right now free him right now in the name of Jesus free him right now in the name of Jesus loose him and let him go right now loose him and let him go right now in the name of Jesus loose him and let him go loose him right now thank you God I look to you I look to you I look to you. Come on, Teresa. I just want you to sing that as I'm praying out. Just that part. I look to you. Because when you go away from here, you, there's going to be a temptation to look at that thing that has harmed you, that person, that situation. But God wants you to look to him. Look to him, the one who has saved you. There's nobody or nothing too hard. I look to you, God. I release. I release. I release. I release right now in the name of Jesus. I release right now. I look to you, God. I let it go. I let it go. I let it go. I let it go. I release in the name of Jesus. After all the pain, 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 the I give it to the only one who can do anything about it. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, I release my heart right now. I release it right now. Father, lose her in the name of Jesus. Peace over her heart. Wash her heart with forgiveness. 
Wash it right now in the name of Jesus. Now remember, this is some application that I want to tell some of you that are up on the altar right now. Some of you need to forgive yourself and you'll have freedom. But some of you need to forgive others. And you don't need to forgive them based on if they've asked for forgiveness. You're forgiving them based on what is in your heart about them. If you're hurting in your heart, over, forgive them. Don't wait for them to come. God didn't wait for us to come. He came to us. We got to learn to come to and just forgive. And I'm not telling you to go up to somebody and say, I forgive you because you didn't talk to me. I forgive. No. You just go. They, don't, they might not even know what they did to you. You just say, I'm setting my heart free. And I mean, do it in, in love. I'm setting my heart free. My heart has, has something on it. I'm setting it free. I want to love you today with a pure heart. I want to love you. And you guys, on the other hand, when someone comes to you and says it, rejoice. Don't go into what you've been mad at me about. What did I? Don't do it. Rejoice that they can set themselves free. Okay? So in the name of Jesus, Father, from the front door all the way to the back. God, I pray right now that the spirit of forgiveness rests upon this place, that you open our hearts. You open those that right now they feel like they still can't do it. But God, I believe that your word has not gone out void. It has accomplished what you have set it to do, God. And God, some may be getting watered and some may be getting planted, but you are going to bring the increase to this word. And I thank you right now. Come on. I thank you right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for forgiving me, Lord. Thank you for forgiving me, Lord. Thank you for looking beyond my faults, oh God. Thank you for seeing my need, oh God. Allow me to extend that grace to someone else in the name of Jesus. As you go back to your seats, let him wash over you. Let him wash over your spirit in the name of Jesus. Right now, if there's anybody today and you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, Jesus died to take away your sins so that you would not have to carry them any longer. He died so that you would not have to continue to walk in guilt and shame. And I want to say that again, you guys. Some of us are still walking in guilt and shame. God died to take away our guilt and our shame. Embrace it. Receive it so that you can be empowered by it. As long as you walk in guilt and shame, you don't have the power like you need to have it. So let's let God wash over us. If you need Jesus Christ in your life today, right now, and you do, if you don't have him, you surely do. He is the answer. He's what you're looking for. Right now, I open up the altar for anyone that wants to come and say, Lord, be Lord of my life. Wash away my sins. Wash away my shame. Wash away my guilt. He says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Never to bring them back up again. Oh, who wants that freedom over there? I, I love that freedom in my life. I love the knowing that, that God totally washes away my sins. If there's somebody that you may have walked away, I don't know what has happened in your life. You might have been wounded. You, you were living for God, but something happened today. Today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. All heaven rejoices. And we are part of the heavenly kingdom. We rejoice with heaven. 
Thank you, God. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Oh, come on, this Mother's Day. Come on. If there's a mother that needs to come home, come on home. You can't do it by yourself. You need Jesus. Come on, get back in the ark of safety. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank God for this one. Do you know God would stop everything for this one? And so we thank God for this one. And we reach out toward her. Can you bring her up here, Monica? She's coming home. Hallelujah! Thank God, thank God, thank God. She's coming home. You know, nobody can understand that like a parent where a child has went far away and got out the will of God and comes home. Oh, my God. The joy of that, of that child that was lost but now is found. We thank God right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray over her right now. And, Father, I pray that she's heard your voice. And, God, she's coming home. She's coming back to your safe arms, your loving arms, your keeping arms. And, Father, we ask right now that you would protect her, God. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, watch over her, God, as she leaves from this place today. God, everything that she has to confront, God, any obstacles that's in her way, God, we ask right now that you would give her the strength, God, to walk through it, climb over it, or you will just move it out of her way. Your will be done right now in her life, oh, God. Bring those up under her, God, that will help her to walk along this journey right now in the name of Jesus. We, the people of God, we rejoice over our sister that has come home. We rejoice over our sister that has come home in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so right now, amen, just thanking God for this great Mother's Day. And we're going to turn it over into the hands of our leaders right now in the name of Jesus. Just, you guys, remember, if you are, can I say this? Somebody needs to call their mom. You're mad at her, and she's hurting really bad over what she's done. But she doesn't even think you want to hear from her. The enemy is telling her that you don't even want to hear her voice. But if she heard your voice, it would change something in her today. Do not allow unforgiveness to stop you from elevating your mother to another level. Come on. Just call her and tell her you love her. Just because. I just love you, Mom. Just because. You hear what I'm saying, you guys? Call her. Call her. You think you don't have the strength to do it, but God's your strength. You don't say, I don't know what I'm going to say. I, I haven't talked to her. And a lot, the last time we talked, we were arguing. Call her. God said in that moment, he's going to give you exactly what to say. Lean on God. Lean on his love and lean on his forgiveness. It's a new day. It's a new start. And it's a new beginning in Jesus Christ.